Dagon's Illusion, Episode 39, Council. Pale sunlight shone through dirt-encrusted windows. Slumping into a filthy chair next to a roll-top desk, Carsons tried to stop crying. Behind him, another door opened, and a young man entered from the shadows. He was in his late thirties and very handsome, with a well-polished softness that appeared to be sensitivity and compassion, but was instead the perfect amalgamation of arrogance, charm, and the desperate need to please. Walking up, he bent over Carson's. My friend, how are you? Leave me alone. I heard what happened. I said leave me alone. But maybe there's something I can do. Carson's laughed bitterly. Like what, pray? You think I'm one of your jackass parishioners? I just know you're in a lot of pain. You know nothing. I was given a vision so wonderful and terrible I can hardly speak. All I care about is hate. I want to scrape the stench of evil people off the face of the earth. I feel the same way. No, you don't. You couldn't. Have you been to the grave? I'm uh, not sure what you mean. If you don't know what I mean, you have absolutely no idea what hate is all about. Well, I haven't been given visions, but bringing truth into the world is my whole life. Look, Jack, we're succeeding beyond our wildest dreams. Maybe so, but the issue isn't decided until the last battle. We're surrounded with enemies. One of them threw me off the roof of my own building. I know all about it. My wife Sandra is a gifted prophetess. In the spirit, she saw it all. Of course, we went into instant prayer. Words from her guide came clearly to her. The monster that did this to you will be destroyed. Yeah, well, that won't be easy. He's more than he appears. Before the attack, I was given a vision about him. But greater is the one in us, Jack. No matter what happens, we've got to maintain a positive faith. Carson's grunted. I assume we're here for a meeting. Who else is going to show up? Drummond Ashdod. There was a creak and a shelf loaded with dusty equipment eased away from a wall, revealing a hidden passage. Into the room strode an imperious man in his late fifties, wearing an expensive suit and carrying a Halliburton briefcase. Not a strand of his perfectly coiffed hair was out of place. Dr. Carsons, Reverend Markey, excellent, we're all here. Let's get down to business. Setting the briefcase on a table, he flipped it open and removed a large folded paper. Gentlemen, I couldn't be more pleased. So far, the success of our venture has far exceeded expectations. As you know, for centuries, New Orleans has been a beachhead for spiritual infusion. But that infusion has been limited, hemmed in by forces that constantly sought to destroy it. In these latter days, it is imperative for that infusion to sweep forward in a massive flood. If you recall, I was deeply concerned that this hurricane would not be strong enough to accomplish the task. I voiced the opinion that we needed at least a Category 4, and what came to land was only a 3. However, I could not have been more wrong. Opening the paper, he spread it out. This is a satellite photo of New Orleans, taken just 30 minutes ago. As you can see, the levees have broken in significant places. While it doesn't appear that the entire city will be inundated, the devastation will be quite enough to cause a mass exodus. A significant percentage of the population will never return to their homes. By the time rebuilding becomes possible, the land will have been confiscated and sold to others. A small but potent minority of those displaced belong to us. 
though perhaps unaware of it, they are part of the expeditionary force that is so vital to our cause. And what of the great spirit we called from the deep? This is the best news of all. This morning, while meditating, I was taken out of my body and received a vision. In it I saw her doing precisely what we had hoped. She diffused and scattered a million of her embryonic particles into the wind. Carson stood up and shoved back the chair. All well and good, but we shouldn't let exuberance make us overconfident. Our enemies are powerful and they aren't blind to what we have done. Many of them are hidden in our own ranks. Personally, I think it's time for a purge. Each of us should go through every name in our organizations, eliminating anyone who has the slightest smell of the enemy. Marquis stared at him. And just exactly how do I do that, Jack? I'm the pastor of a church. Which makes you the weakest link. I'm sure your congregation is filled with people who would hate everything that we are doing. If they knew what you really believe, they'd burn you at the stake. Maybe twenty years ago, but not today. Religious people have become more intelligent and tolerant, more committed to relevance, and the establishment of life-affirming communities. Life-affirming communities, Carson's rolled his eyes. That's right. Most of all, they love worship, and worship demands unity. You can't worship in unity without accepting differing points of view. Cold theology and narrow attitudes about the Bible are dead. Today, Christians know that the Spirit speaks directly to the heart with pure love, and He isn't judgmental. That's why worship is such a wonderful experience. It's nothing but endorphins drowning the brain. Next Sunday, get up in your pulpit and announce that you secretly worship the eternal light-bearer, and that he just happens to enjoy appearing as a very large snake. My church may not be ready for that yet, but we'll get there. I've been preaching on the brass serpent that Moses raised up in the wilderness as a healing, life-affirming symbol. All it takes is wisdom-empowered preaching, Jack, and I'm committed to that. My church is a nexus where thousands are being brought into the kingdom. Ashdod grimaced impatiently. All right, gentlemen, we don't have time for a theological debate. Let me draw your attention to this. He pointed to a tiny red circle on the photo map. During the storm, our man at the U.S. Weather Service noticed something odd. An intense concentration of power lingered for a long time over this street in the Garden District, Montreux Avenue. The target appears to have been a single structure. From his briefcase, he removed another satellite photograph. It was a close-up of the roof of Dagon's illusion. Over one section of the building hovered a strange green light. Marky stared at it. What the heck is that? We don't know. The speculation is that it's some sort of torsion energy. Carsons examined the photo. Montreux Avenue. I know that building. It's that magic nightclub, Dagon's Illusion. Really? Marky was even more interested. So that's Dagon's Illusion. I've seen the guy on TV. He's a wonderful performer. I love his mentalism, and I've always wanted to visit the club. Unfortunately, some of my board members would object. Ashdod put the photos back in his briefcase. Let's ask ourselves a question. Why would the spirit attack this particular structure with such ferocity? Do you think she was drawn to that green light? It's not there by accident. It's possible that someone intentionally lured her. But who'd want a hurricane slamming into their building? Why did we bring her up from the pit? To use her power, so someone in that club was trying to do that? We don't know, but we've got to find out. Carsons frowned. Dagan's an arrogant bastard. I've met him a couple of times at functions around the city. 
I have a woman friend who got a private tour of his apartment. And his bed. He's into some strange stuff. Then there's that whole murder-prediction-conviction-escape fiasco. Ashdod picked up his briefcase. We need to take a closer look at him. Can we get someone inside? You've got a lot of people in your church, Reverend. Let me work on it. Marky checked his watch. We've got to leave. Come through my portal, Senator. If you'll excuse us, Jack, we've got a prayer meeting to attend. The Day After Ellison Carter paced back and forth in her hotel room, punctuating the air with one hand, while the other mashed a cell phone into her ear. Look, Ed, I know you're going crazy, but I've just got to get in there. All I need is a drop-off and a pickup, and I'm totally flexible on the time. Ed, Ed, I hear what you're saying. If I had any other alternative, I wouldn't be calling you. But the roads are closed, and there's no telling when they're going to open. Dagon is in there by himself, and I can't reach him by cell. Okay, okay, point taken. He's an idiot. But he's also my partner, and I've got to find out if he's all right. Ellie's mother was scrunched under the covers on her bed, flipping around the channels, watching the horror of the hurricane's aftermath. Mom, would you turn that down, please? I can't hear anything. Look, Ed, I hate to play this card, but you owe me. You really do, and you know it. How many times have I gotten you free tickets? How many customers have I sent over there? What? Wait a minute. That is not reasonable. I can't guarantee that we'll be exclusive to you for two years. You are a son of a bitch, you know that? All right, one year, but we're going to negotiate a hell of a set of rates, and when we sit down face to face, I'm going to skin you alive and own your cojones. So when are you going to pick me up? Okay, I'll be waiting. Thanks, Ed. I really appreciate this. You're very generous. After hanging up, she screamed at the phone, You blood-sucking shark! There was a knock on the door. Ellie unlocked it. Her father entered with a bag of sandwiches. Not much selection here. I've got two ham and cheese, a turkey and cheese, and three bags of chips. Any luck on the chopper? Yeah, for six pints of blood, that bastard Ed Hollett is going to work me in. But his whole fleet is booked. Dad, it's horrible. The levees have broken. The Ninth Ward is underwater. I saw. They had the TV on downstairs. I've tried Dagon's cell, but everything's down, and there's no telling when it's coming back. Ah, oh, he'll be fine. He got out of Supermax, didn't he? What's a little water to the astounding Dagon? He smirked as he laid out the food. Anyway, so far the garden district seems all right. Maybe it won't flood. Ann Carson shook her head. It's going to flood. I had a dream last night. This hurricane is God's judgment on that whole filthy city. Mother, I hope you don't say that to another soul. Why not? You may not want to hear it, but it's the truth. She changed the channel to a religious station. On the screen appeared a worship band pounding through a song. The camera switched to show a huge auditorium half filled with people singing and raising their hands. More people were streaming in. Oh, wonderful. This is just what we need. Ellie attacked her sandwich. When did you start getting religious, Mother? I'm not religious. I'm spiritual. Always have been. And I just love watching Reverend Markey. He has a cute butt, and they always do a butt shot. The worship song ended. The band stepped back and was replaced on the wide platform by a group of well-dressed people. Reverend Beryl Markey picked up a microphone. Behind him was Drummond Ashdod. Praise God, what a time of worship that was! Our special thanks to this wonderful worship band, his door knockers. They drove all night from Nashville through the storm just to be with us for this special broadcast. As he looked straight into the camera, tears came to his eyes. Friends... Thank you so much for joining us today in this terrible moment in the history of a wonderful city. His voice broke. Forgive me. 
I just have so many friends who are suffering right now. I'm Beryl Markey, pastor of Spirit Life Church here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. With me is Senator Drummond Ashdod, senior senator from our state, along with many other friends and celebrities who have come on short notice to support us during this great crisis. I want to thank the Morning Glow Network for preempting their other programs to make this opportunity possible. God is good, isn't he? The crowd responded with, all the time. Yes, we can say that even in this awful storm, he is our eternal light bearer in the middle of darkness. There were cries of yes, praise God. He is the spirit of wisdom when we don't know where to turn. Louder cries of agreement. He is our brass serpent raised up in the wilderness to give us life, just as Moses raised up that brass serpent so long ago. Yes, yes, people were sobbing. Our God is the master of storms. Nothing can happen that is not in his will. Do you believe that? The crowd screamed yes. Ellie groaned. I can't stand this guy. Her father chuckled. You don't like Reverend Markey, God's little potentate of positive potentialities? He gives me the creeps. Anne glared at them. He is a sweet man. He reminds me of John Bon Jovi without the music. If you appreciated sweet men like that, you might be married right now, Ellie. Yeah, I've been looking for a John Bon Jovi without music all my life. Anne turned up the volume. Reverend Markey was crying. My heart is broken because our Lord's heart is broken. The powers of darkness have been unleashed on the city of New Orleans and the whole Gulf Coast. We are in desperate need of your prayer right now. And wherever you live, if God has blessed you and you want him to bless you even more, then I encourage you to put feet on your prayers. Take out your checkbook or your credit card. It's time for God's people to act in God's power. I'm sure you've seen what's happening. A wonderful city has been devastated. Many thousands of lives have been lost and many more are going to be homeless. A telephone number will appear at the bottom of your screen. Please call and make a donation in any amount to the Holy Ghost Hurricane Relief Fund. I'm going to ask Senator Drummond Ashdod to speak to us. Senator Ashdod took the microphone. The camera moved in to catch his powerful face and perfect hair. Thank you, Reverend Markey. It has always been good spiritual people who have stepped up and helped those in need. Just a little while ago, I spoke with the President of the United States and the Governor of Louisiana. Both assured me that help was on the way to every suffering person along the Gulf Coast, especially in New Orleans, which has been so devastated by this crippling storm. Both the President and the Governor want me to tell you that the whole world is praying for the suffering people of this region. So it is very fitting that Reverend Markey, the pastor of such a wonderful church, should lead us all in prayer, Reverend Markey. Ashdod stepped back and Markey returned. Thank you, Senator Ashdod. Before we continue with the time of worship, let's lift up our hearts for suffering people and bow before the throne of light. Bowing his head, he lifted his hand. O oh, great God of mercy who sanctifies us with glory and fire. At that moment, Ellie's cell phone rang. Carter. Okay, I'll be in the field behind the hotel. Helicopter's coming, I've gotta go. Be back as soon as I can. Grabbing her purse, she ran to the door. <laughs> 